Okay, so tomorrow's uh, Slichos, so this is one of the ones that uh, in some uh, versions, so we transpose the one from Yom Ravi to Yom Hamishi, tomorrow's Yom Hamishi, so in some versions they switch it because they want to say specifically this one which begins with the Yud Gimomido, so Hashem Hashem Kerachem V'chanun, so that should be said on either a Monday or a Thursday. So when Erev, Erev, Yom Kippur falls out on Monday, Thursday, so then we just follow the order. If Erev, Erev Yom Kippur falls out on a different day of the week, so then sometimes they'll switch around days four and five. But this year, Baruch Hashem, everything, uh, everything worked out. Okay, so it begins with Hashem Hashem Kerachem V'chanun. Hashem, uh, we won't go through all of that uh, now, that Hashem is uh, the God, He's merciful, He's gracious. Erech HaPayim Slot Engev, Rav Chesev Emes, He's full of kindness and the truth. Notzach Chesev Alafim, and for good things, he'll hold on to for thousands of generations. And he will endure or he will bear all different types of Averas, and he will go ahead and he will uh, cleanse them. And you are going to, you, uh, who should pardon us, should forgive us for also the different types of, <coughs> of Averas which we commit, and take us back as your inheritance. Yeah. We say what? We say it in the in the Ilo as well. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yes. The first one is Hashem. I mean, there's different ways that they count it. Hashem, Hashem could be one, two, Kale. Yeah. That's a Midah, yeah. Um, so next year, I'll probably go through more in depth uh, the different opinions about uh, the Yud Gimomidos. And one of the Svarm I have has got about 13 pages. But he's got a long, uh, m- many different, we've shown him, have different uh, understandings of, of this Pasuk, which are the 13 Midos, and then what is the meaning behind each of those, uh, each of those Midos. So I've been pushing it off for years, but uh, at some point, I think I'm, I'm, get, I think I'm close enough now that uh, I should do it. But not this year. <laughs> okay, then we say, So I remember Hashem, and I moan. So here in the, the Yaivetz, uh, Rav Yaakov Emden, so he explains that what's going on over here is that I recall, but when he say I, that I recall, so what we recall is the chesed which HaKadosh Baruch Hu used to do to us during the time that the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch and Klai Yisrael was intact, was a strong, healthy relationship. So I recall all of that, then Maya, and then I compare that to the circumstance which I find myself in now, and I moan as a result of that, that things are so dramatically different in this close bond which we used to have, so it seemingly no longer exists, and that's what causes us to, to moan. That contrast is the emotion which we are expressing. And similarly, we say, Birosi kol ir as I see other cities around the world, I see all of them have cities which were built long ago, and they're beautiful, and they're majestic, and they've uh, been around for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, and they seem to be uh, just, uh, you know, perfectly fine. The ear, but in contrast, the ear halokim mushpelas, but God's city, Yushalayim, so that is lowered down, all the way to the bottom of the pit. The bottom of the pit over here is the idea that we talk about on Tishavav, that it wasn't enough for, the, uh, for our enemies to go ahead and destroy the base of Mitosh, but they wanted to plow through the very foundation of it itself. So that you shouldn't even have a foundation there as a remembrance of what used to be, or you shouldn't have a foundation there to potentially be able to rebuild upon that. So here, it's not even just like we don't have our city, we don't have a base of English, but they uprooted the very foundation itself so that we have, seemingly we have nothing to, uh, to build on. 
And despite all of this, the fact that our relationship isn't as strong, and we don't have a base amikdash in Yerushalayim, so we still remain dedicated to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and our eyes remain focused on, on Him. This is a phrase which is taken from the Gemara's in Sukkah, talking about the Simchas Vesa Shoeva, that when the Klai Yisrael would leave the Vesa Mikdash, so they would go ahead and they would turn back to the Yeheichal, and they would make that declaration, Anu that we are to you, and our eyes are to you, as a way of saying, they're contra- contrasting themselves with previous generations, which, became, which were idolaters, and they did not turn towards God, so they would go ahead and they would emphasize that point, so we do the same thing over here, that despite the, the lengthy and bitter Galdus that we've been to, so we haven't lost our sights on where our primary attachment figure is, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Midas HaRachamim, and then we uh, ask God to, uh, to pull out the, uh, the trait of mercy. Aleinu is gagoli, and it should roll over us, it should, it should surround us. And before you, our Creator, so we want all of our supplications to fall, should be right there in front of you to be able to observe and to be able to pay attention to. And on behalf of our people, and here it's not clear if we're actually we're, we're talking to the Mida of Rachamim itself, or we're saying that this is what should result, but putting aside any issues of talking to something other than God, but we say that, that the Rachamim should be, uh, should be uh, sought after on behalf of the Jewish uh, people. Because every heart is, uh, is faint, is in pain, and every head is is ill. In the gra on this, he says that this 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 this, uh, this phrase about the heart and the head. He says that's based on a gemara in Rosh Hashanah, where Rav Bar Mechasia, in the name of Chama Bar Guri, in the name of Rav, says. I can handle any pain except for a bad headache, except for a migraine, or any illness except for something in the head, and any pain, but not something which is a pain in the heart. So therefore, being that those are considered to be the worst of them, they were associated with the head and associated with the heart, so that's what we go ahead and we invoke over here. And I go ahead and I invest I lay as the, the peg which is going to hold in place the 13 attributes, as well as the, uh, the uh, gate which allows tears in. So even though the gate of tefillah may have been closed, but tears have a way of penetrating through, because that gate is never going to be uh, uh, sealed off. And therefore, I pour out my heart in prayer before the one who examines hearts. And I'm confident in the 13 attributes, as well as the merit of the avos to go ahead and allow our prayers to be able to reach their uh, desired destination. And then we conclude, We say, may it be, be the will before you, the one who hears the sounds of our cries, that you should collect all of our tears, the tears which we shed in prayer, and you should collect all of them and put them into your canteens, or you should put them into a canister to hold on to them. And those tears should serve to protect us from uh, evil and harsh decrees. And over here, the, uh, the, in this uh, slichos, so he brings down interesting, two interesting ideas from the Zohar. The first one is, if Yudah says in the Zohar, that um, 
that success or achievement of anything in this world, so they depend on a person's repentance and prayer, that a person will pray to Baruch And all the more so, somebody who could shed tears while davening, that there is no gate which exists in the heavens that the tears will not serve as a master key to allow you to be able to gain access to. So the ability to cry in prayer is something which is incredibly powerful. And then he said, they quote another thing, a very uh, frightening thing. It says, That the ultimate geula revolves around tears. Tears are the key to achieving the geula. Why? That when we finally surpass the, uh, uh, the emotion of the tears which Esav shed to his father, it's at that point when our tears are able to overwhelm Esav's tears, then that's the time that the ghoul is going to happen. Shekasa, because the Pasuk says, when Yaakov took the bracha from Yitzchak rather than Esav, so the Pasuk says, Vayisa Esav eskolo vayevk, that Esav lifted out his voice, he raised his voice and he cried. It says, Ve'elu hadmos, those tears that Esav shed when he did not get the bracha, Horidu es Yisrael agalus, that's what led Klai Yisrael into exile. And once Kla Yisrael's tears overwhelm Esav's tears, so it's going to be at that point that we will leave our exile and we experience uh, we experience redemption. So that's why we need Akash Baruch to keep track of all those tears, to count all of those tears, because we need to have an exact cheshbon of how many what his tears were worth and what our tears are. And once the scale tips towards our tears being more powerful than his, so that's going to be the end of exile, and the, uh, that will be the, uh, the gula. So that's why it's such an important idea to go ahead and do so. To such a degree, I'll say this uh, quickly over, Sefer Hasidim says that if somebody cannot cry when they say this, these, this, uh, this, um, uh, this uh, slicha, so it, they're better off not davening altogether, because it literally means that you're, you're asking God, Take, keep track of my tears, count them, and, uh, and do all of that. So you have to have tears to be able to say that to God. If you don't actually have tears, so then what are you saying to God? There's no tears that he's going to keep track of. But the, the, uh, the Birka Yosef, the Gon Chida, comes along and he says, Even in the event that a person can't actually cry, You should have a crying voice at the very least when you say this. That's something as the pasuk says. So that's something which is which is important to be mindful of when you say it tomorrow. And then it concludes because our eyes are directed towards you, and our, our focus and our salvation ultimately revolves around you, and that's where our attention is.